When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to the latest in our series of FAQs about the Cleveland Browns. Today, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and I talk about the running backs. We get into the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt backfield, how much longer it could be together, how much the Browns could use it. Uh, we talk to Mitrick Felton and then we talk about roles for Ernest Johnson. That's coming up on today's podcast. Plus, in the second half of the podcast, I had a chance to talk to Ernest Johnson during OTA, so you will hear that interview, like I said, in the second half. First, I'll tell you about Football Insider. It's cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Get info and get signed up so you can get a daily newsletter delivered to your inbox. It's written by a member of our Browns reporting team. Uh, You get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, and you can become one of our text subscribers. So again, that's cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. Okay. First, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Pasco, and I talk running backs. Then my interview with Dearness Johnson here on today's Orange Brown Talk podcast. We continue our FAQ series here on the Orange Brown Talk podcast. We are talking about running backs today. Now, uh, if you want to get caught up on FAQ posts that we've all been writing, go to cleveland.com slash Browns. And just throughout the month of July, uh, we are answering a series of questions uh, that Scott came up with. And uh, I grouped together here for purposes of the podcast, but you can see individual posts on all of these questions throughout the month of July. So let's start here. Uh, This is always a topic, and it is inevitable that uh, at the most random times, Kevin Stefanski is going to get asked about this, especially if somebody just doesn't know what else to ask him. Will Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt be on the field together, and is it really an advantage? I actually want to start with that second part, Scott, because like I said, you um, came up with these questions, and I'm curious if you tacked that on there for a specific reason. Is it an advantage to have both of them on the field together? Yeah. So like you said, this has come up multiple times over the past couple of years. Um, and I have made the joke before. It feels like sometimes people think like they're going to be lateraling the ball to each other as they make their way down the field. And that's obviously not uh, reasonable. Um, what you're really doing is having two guys on the field, moving one to create a mismatch. Um you could obviously run it out of that formation, but you def- usually have multiple running backs. Either one of them is going to block or you're moving them out into the slot or out wide. And you're hoping that some slow um, linebacker goes out there with them. Um, so in that scenario, yeah, having two, having both of them on the field helps. But as we've also learned over the last couple of years, rotating these guys is a great benefit to both of them and the offense in general in 2020, that was huge. Um, they would often rotate series. And by the end, you end up with a, a fresher Nick Chubb in the fourth quarter. And he averaged 10 yards per carry in the fourth quarter that year. Um, and the Browns did a really good job of just pounding teams. You saw Nick Chubb uh, have a lot of huge breakaway runs in fourth quarters, late in games to, to kind of seal wins um 
so that's such important too and it's like that's the balance you have to find how 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 much do we get out of having them both on the field and parent and potentially creating mismatches versus how good is it to rotate them and keep them both fresh um so that's why the whole idea of is it really worth it comes in now adding deshaun watson to the offense brings another wrinkle because now you have a quarterback that could potentially run with the ball more than you have in the past. Although Deshaun Watson has never been big on designed runs. He's never been a league leader in that. Um, there is the potential for him to do more. So now you put him back there. And I know Dan, you've mentioned this in stories, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt and Deshaun Watson in the backfield together. Good luck figuring out how that's going to turn out. Um, defenses are going to have a lot of trouble. So there's lots of possibilities um, and, and lots of potential for, for mismatches and misdirection and things like that. But are they going to go that far? Yeah, Mary Kay, sometimes I feel like we talk ourselves into how great this could look on paper. And then it just, for whatever reason, maybe they don't have time to implement it all. Maybe it's just too complicated. It ends up just being, all right, let's just hand the ball to Nick Chubb or hand the ball to Kareem Hunt. Do, do you see the advantage, though, to having both of them on the field at the same time? I do. I don't think it's something that you have to do for 12 plays every game, but I think if you pick your spots and get them on the field for maybe half a dozen, you know, seven, seven plays a game, uh, you know, I, I think it can be very, very effective for all of those reasons that Scott just described. There's so many things that you can do with them. And if you keep it to that, then you still have the, we're keeping these guys fresh for the fourth quarter uh, element to it as well. Uh, but I, I like the idea of of putting them both back out there or both back there or out there somewhere and, um, you know, confusing the defense a little bit and creating those mismatches and doing all the different things that you can do with it. And I will never know why they don't like the idea as much as we do. <laughs> we, <laughs> we here on the Orange and Browns Talk Pod love the idea of, uh, of Kareem and Nick being on the field together at the same time. Um, but for whatever reason, it's just not the way that they've gone. We have seen more of it in this little spring than we probably thought that we would, but then it never seems to really show up in a game. I think we've seen it before in, in the spring or in the summer. And then we're like, oh yeah, this is going to happen. And then, um, it never really comes to fruition. Now, last year it couldn't because Kareem missed most of the season. Maybe they had more of that in last year and just weren't able to get to it. So we'll see what that's about this year, but I think it can be effective. I think it matters. And I would like to see them do more of it. So I think we were going to see more of it at, at one point last year. And I'm trying to remember if it was either because he got hurt in the Arizona game and then he got hurt in the second Baltimore game. And I believe it was the second Baltimore game um, when it was something that kind of came up a lot. And then all of a sudden on like their opening drive, oh, look, it's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the field together, like every play. But then Kareem Hunt gets hurt early in the game, and then he's done for the season. Um, I, I do wonder if maybe they were starting to go down that road a little bit more, if, if it was something they were going to unleash a little bit as they were trying to figure out exactly how to run this offense uh, in the state it was in. For what it's worth, in spring practices, I did see a lot of Kareem Hunt splitting out into the slot and then motioning back into the backfield. I did see a lot of him and De of you know two backs, whether it was Dearnest and Nick or Dearnest and Kareem, Kareem and Nick. I saw a lot of two back stuff. Um, so I, I think there's something to this this year. I do actually think 
and this was the crux of the question, will they actually be on the field more together? So beyond whether you think it's advantageous, I think they will be on the field more together. Do you, Mary Kay, do you think it will happen more this year? I do. I'm going to say yes. And part of the reason why I'm going to say that is because they do have uh, more of a need for a, a pass catcher now. I mean, when you had Odell and Jarvis and all the receivers that they had before, uh, you know, you didn't necessarily need an extra guy there, but now they could really use a very sure-handed pass catcher. And I think that Kareem can serve that role. And he, again, he can play in the slot and David Bell will play in the slot a lot, but it's somebody else that can do that. So yes, for those reasons, I think they will. Now they did, they did increase the amount of snaps they had in 21 personnel last year, which is two running backs, one tight end. They were at percent in 2020. They got up to 11% last year, uh, which way above the league average of like the league average was actually 7%. So the thing you have to remember with that though, is Dimitri Felton was that second running back a lot. He, when he was out there, he was often split out wide. Um, and again, like I said, if, if injuries didn't happen, maybe that's more Kareem Hunt um, than Dimitri Felton. Um, that's something to consider. Uh, but I do agree that we will see it more. Um, Kareem Hunt just blew up everybody on screen passes last year. He was one of the best in the league um, from an efficiency standpoint of gaining first downs, gaining yards on those plays, um, gaining positive yardage. And I think if he's healthy this year, that's something they're going to want to go back to and, and do again. And if you have him back there and Nick Chubb, and again, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with that. You don't know who the screen's going to. You have very mobile and versatile linemen in front um, who can get out and run. So um, there's a lot of possibilities and you just get the sense that this might be the year to, to maybe take advantage of that because you have that added dimension at quarterback. And this could be the year two because of the next question here. And that's the, about this Nick Chubb cream hunt backfield. And it is, is this the Nick is the Nick Chubb cream hunt backfield on its last legs. Uh, Mary Kay, you wrote last month after you talked to Kareem that uh, he wanted a contract extension. He wanted to stay here. As we're recording this, there hasn't been much movement on that front. Um, is, is Kareem hunt a Cleveland Brown next year? You know, I, I kind of got the vibe from him, actually, that he's not really sure what their intentions are. He doesn't know what to think right now. And therefore, that means he doesn't have any kind of an offer on the table. And once you start to get this close to training camp, uh, chances are you're not going to be getting that offer. Never say never, because they could do something. But um, but it almost seems like they're prepared to let him play out the season perhaps test the market, see what the market will bear. And if the price is right, then go ahead and, and bring them back. But um, at this point, I'm almost thinking that that's the strategy to kind of let him ride off into the sunset unless, uh, unless he's willing to come back at a very reduced price. Scott, what do you think? Are, are, we, are we asking the same question a year from now? Will we see Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb on the field together, or will Kareem Hunt be uh, playing elsewhere? I'm more inclined to say that he will be. Um, I, there's nothing. I mean, Nick Chubb is is Nick Chubb. You need to have a number one running back, and they have him. They paid him, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to be throwing a lot of cash into the people behind him. Uh, 
even though the whole rotation thing worked great, it has worked great. Um, I mean, I'll say it, running backs don't matter. <laughs> I know Nick <laughs> Chubb fans will probably hate to hear that, but, you know, it's Ernest Johnson's exhibit A, and the Browns have a great offensive line. They have a great running scheme, and there are other options that you could put back there with a Nick Chubb, and you can have success with them who are younger, cheaper uh, options. So um, it'd be nice if Kareem Hunt stayed here. I mean, if he wants to be here, that's great. He's from here. Fans seem to like him, um, even – despite the controversy that surrounded him joining the team in the first place. But um, I, I just don't see this team doing that um, unless it's really, really in their financial interest. Okay. So Scott, you mentioned uh, D. Ernest Johnson. We've kind of danced around that name a little bit so far in this podcast. So the next question here, should D. Ernest Johnson have a bigger role? And just generally speaking, what is, Ernest Johnson's role on this football team right now, other than, Hey, if somebody gets hurt, we're going to need you to carry the football. Is that it? <laughs> That's the $2.4 million question or how much is he getting paid this year? <laughs> it's up to 2.4. Most yeah. of that is in incentives. The only part of that's guaranteed is 900,000. So he really is a pretty good bargain. Uh, the only way he gets all of that money is if he is actually out there playing. So um, you know, from a financial standpoint, it's not going to hurt them to keep him around. It's just a, a numbers game. Yeah, I think the last time I checked, he was the 32nd highest paid running back uh, in the league. So I mean, if you look back at last year when Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were both healthy and playing the first six games, Dernis Johnson got 20 total snaps. And then I think it was weeks 11 and 12. Um when Chubb and Hunt were together again, Darnus Johnson got 24 carries the first week, but that was Nick Chubb's first week back. And then he got five the next week. So that has been his role with those two guys out there. Um, we assume they're taking away the return game. Uh, it's probably going to be Jakeem Grant doing both. Maybe not, but again, you, you, you paid to bring him back. It remains to be seen like how he gets on the field any more than he did last year when, Chubb and Hunt were healthy. I think that um, probably the thinking is that those guys are starting to get up there in running back years. And once you start to get those injuries a little bit, they begin to pile up on you generally. And like with Kareem last year, he had the calf injury that caused him to miss, I think about five games. And then when he tried to come back from that, then he suffered was it an ankle injury in the Baltimore game? I think an ankle injury. Um, so that's the kind of thing that, that happens once you get up to this age in, in terms of running backs. So I think that he's more so an insurance policy for this, for this season. But I also think he's pretty good trade bait if they can get a good draft pick out of somebody. If a, if a team has a back go down. Uh, he would be somebody that would be easy to pick up because you don't have to have a bunch of cap space. Uh, he just doesn't have that, that big of a number that way. So, you know, I would be kind of on the lookout for something like that. I think he understands his role too. I, I think that's the thing about DeGernest and, and you're going to hear from him in, in the second half of this podcast. I mean, he understands that like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and like he's DeGernest Johnson and he kind of has to wait his turn. That said, I, I do think there's something there for him, especially if we see 
a fair amount of those two back sets where it is, you know, you're not going to have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in there every single time. You might throw Dearness out there, um, but he's also got to prove himself as a pass catcher. That's mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to. Like Kareem is a problem in the passing game and Nick has gotten better in that area. And Demet would, we're going to talk about Demetri Felton here in a second, whatever you consider him, he's dangerous in the passing game, Jerome Ford. That, that's part of what he can do. So that's where Dearness has to show that he belongs with those other guys as I is, you know, Hey, I can be effective in the passing game. So you want to have me on the field, no matter what down it is. Yeah. I mean, you want to get a two for one um, out of your running backs these days. If you can find one that can do both, you're way ahead of the game. Yeah. And then, hey, there's nothing wrong with having depth. I mean, especially when it's not costing you a lot, it's, you don't have to fill that third running back spot with, you know, like Jerome Ford necessarily a guy who hasn't played in the league yet. Uh, at least, you know, what Darren Johnson has done with his opportunities and, he just like Mary says, there's a lot of op, there's a lot of options with him. He can play. He could be a backup. He could be trade bait. He could be all these things. And, you know, it's it's good for the Browns that they have all that wrapped up in a player like that, who if he is ultimately traded again, you're not losing a significant portion of your offense. You're not having to shuffle things around and figure out, um, you know, who's going to take over those snaps when they're they're just not that many anyways all right which brings us to our favorite question here on the orange brown talk podcast what is Demetric felton <laughs> is so i go back is first of all i call him a receiver because i just feel like look if he's going to stand with the receivers and line up at receiver and basically do individual drills as a receiver we should call him a receiver at the same time there's a part of me that thinks maybe we should just call him like a weapon or a football player. I, I Maybe that's how the Browns envision him. How do you think the Browns ultimately envision him, Mary Kay? You know what? I absolutely think they see him as a weapon, as somebody that can kind of almost be just a, a, a multi-purpose gadget type player. I don't think that, uh, that he necessarily has to identify as one or the other. I think that he can be a little bit of both. Now, he is working with the receivers right now, but maybe there's a method to that madness. Maybe they feel like uh, that, that they need him uh, to enhance that aspect of his game more or that maybe getting more reps in, from that position will be better. Uh, but you know, when it comes time to, to building the roster, I don't think they have to have him pigeonholed or painted into a corner. I think that, uh, that they like his versatility and they'll use him however they can. Yeah, when you're putting together like high school all-star teams after the season, they'd always have this like all district or something. They'd ha- you'd have all the positions, and they'd always they'd add another one called athlete. And I think that's where he would fall. It's just that person who does a lot of different things and isn't really defined by one position. Uh, as far as Browns go, I'm considering him as a receiver moving forward. Uh, last season, he he took 17 snaps in the backfield. He took 87 in the slot plus another 22 out wide. So they certainly used him in that way. And like I said, we've, we've seen him working out with receivers. Um, But again, whatever, whatever you want to label him as he's definitely somebody, I think it's worth time to develop and seeing what he can become because of that versatility uh, and ability to do so many things. Um, But I think, uh, 
you know, if you're if you're trying to write down his name somewhere to position, I think it is the receivers. That's the group where that's how he fits into this team. Um, at least again, if you're putting together the roster for like the initial 53. And part of it is like, what is he most useful doing for you right now? Um, you know, like we said with Dearness, Dearness isn't really a great pass catcher at this point. Demetric Felton is going to help you more in the passing game right now than he is in the running game. Um, so that that's what's going to get him on the field. And Browns can get can get a little cute with the numbers then too, if they want to get four running backs on the roster and also have Demetric Felton somewhere and, and not have to cut Dearness, they can do that. Um, it's sort of what what can you do for me right now? To, to help me win football games. And I do think there's something there. I thought Demetric made some catches in the spring. Now, again, it's spring football. It is what it is. He made a couple plays here and there. So I'm, I'm curious to see what he looks like in training camp. He did make plays. Uh, it, it seemed like they, they threw to him a ton in this spring. And so, um, yeah, I, I think he's in the plans. I don't, you know, some people speculate that, you know, maybe he's going to be the odd man out, but I don't think so. I think they like what he brings to the table, both in the running game and especially the passing game right now. And if you could like combine to Ernest Johnson and Demetric Feld, you'd have a heck of a player. Uh, you might have Kareem Hunt, but I was just going to say, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, they, they just, they want to get the ball to Demetric Felt near the line of scrimmage, whether it's on bubble screens or it's just short five yard crossing patterns and just let him try to beat people. Um, we saw that's, I saw a lot of that during you know, OTAs, him getting a pass across the middle and just guys struggling to, to get a hand on him, which is, you know, which is what they want to see. And the other thing that's going to help guys get on the field is how good are you when Deshaun Watson starts running around? Like, mm-hmm. you know, how good are you when Deshaun is under pressure? He gets out of the pocket and he's looking to make plays down the field. If you're a guy that's going to be there and be open and, and be able to make those scramble drill plays, you're going to be on the field more. And, and Demetri Felton, maybe he's going to be one of those guys. Yeah. And once again, uh, I think part of the reason why we saw Demetri Felton as a receiver so much is because this was a passing camp. They used it as a passing camp. And it doesn't mean uh, that all of training camp is going to go like that. It might. Uh, but, but that's what they were all about in the spring is trying to bring this passing game up to 2022 standards. And he was a big part of that. Okay, there we go. Our uh, frequently asked question series on running backs. Uh, we're going to take a break. Mary Kay and Scott will uh, will check out of this one on the other side of the break. Uh, going back to OTAs, I had a chance to catch up with Dearness Johnson. So you'll hear that interview after we come back. And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I had a chance to catch up with running back Dearness Johnson during OTAs. This is my interview with Dearness. I mean, first of all, how, how good does it feel to get that contract oh, figured man. out? It feels <laughs> great, man. Just to know, you know, got another year with the Browns, man. You know, happy to be back. What, what was that like going through that? I mean, you haven't really had a, a situation like that where you've been tendered and maybe had an opportunity to, I know it was restricted free agency, but what, what was that experience like for you? Uh, I mean, it was crazy because you never know what was going to happen. And I just sat back, you know, just you know, I stayed working and just let my agent do all the work. So when it gets done, I mean, is there a feeling of relief? Is it is. Like, there yeah. is a feeling of relief, but it's still more to do. You know, definitely, uh, okay, not thinking about what's going to happen with your contract and none of that. So 
now you can just focus on football and stuff. So, you know, I'm happy just to, you know, get that contract done and I can just focus on you know, football and focus on getting, coming out here every day and getting better. What, what does it say to you that the Browns wanted you back? You know, I mean, they, they drafted a running back, they, but they still wanted you here in this building. What, what does that say to you? Uh, it says a lot. You know, uh, you know, they trust me a lot, and they, and they trust all my ability. And, you know, it was the first place that I got my opportunity, and, you know, I'm just happy to be back. When, when you say there's more to do, what what does that what does that entail? I mean, I just got to feed off what I did last year. You know, I just got to come out here every day and just work. And when I get my opportunity, I just got to keep making plays and, you know, keep taking advantage of the opportunities. What was different about last year when you had those? I know you got your opportunities in 2020, but last year just just watching from afar, it looked different when you when you were that starting running back. It, it just looked different. Did yeah. it feel different? No, I definitely felt different. You know, I <laughs> definitely, you know, coming in and starting this stuff, it just just feeling like you just you got to make it happen this your opportunity you got to make every play count and that's what I did you know every time I got a chance to start you know I just want to make sure I made every every play every snap count you know I mean obviously you were a great runner in college were you a better runner last year in the NFL than you've been did, did, uh, were you different at all I mean I just took it back to just just playing freely yeah. You know, like from high school to college, you know, just playing. I'm playing freely then. That's that's what I did, you know, when I got my opportunity. I was just playing free, just not thinking, just going out there and just letting my abilities take over. Is, is that the first time you felt that in the NFL? That is the first playing time. Playing freely? Yeah, that was the first time, like, especially against uh, Denver. Like, <laughs> I wasn't thinking. I was just going out there and just having fun and just playing free-minded. When, when you're in that moment and you're having a game like that, what, you, obviously, you realize you're having a good game. Do you have any idea like how good of a game it is, or just, does that kind of catch up to you after? It really just kind of catch, catch up to you after. I mean, like during that game, my uh, coach Stump saying like we got to get a hundred yards. So I'm like, I, I, I asked this like how far I'm away from a hundred, and he said like sixty yards. And I said okay, well now I got to go out there and try to make it happen. And I got past a hundred and got and did some more. So you know. It just was a great feeling, just a, a big night for me. Being in that running back room, what what have you learned most from like Nick and Kareem and, and just being around those guys every day? Just how hard they come out here and work each and every day, you know. How hard they work in a weight room and just how they care of themselves. You know, they care of themselves like pros and you know, you know, it's always good to learn from guys like that, you know, that's that did a lot in this league. You know, you always wanna sit back and observe them and, and watch every move and you know, put into what you do. And, you know, obviously Nick has – Nick almost led the league in rushing that one year. Kareem has led, led the league in rushing. Is, is that a goal for Dearness Johnson one day, to, to land somewhere where he can lead the league in rushing? I mean, definitely. Are you capable of that? I mean, definitely. I mean, that's always a, a goal to be able to, you know, lead the league in rushing. If You know, whenever I get an opportunity or whenever it happens, that I can, you know, be able to, like I said, go out there and showcase myself. And, um, no, it's, it's definitely a goal, and – like I say, them, them two are the best backs in the league. Is, is it hard to be patient when you've had that success you had last year? Is it hard to – obviously, you're happy to be here and yeah. you're happy to be with those guys. Is there a party that's just hard to, like, i got to wait a little longer to be the man? It's a slow grind, man. Yeah. It, it, it is. My whole life been a slow grind. I've always been patient for everything. So I know it's everything going to work out how it needs to work out in God's hands. You know, I'm just trusting the process. You know, I just sit back and, you know, Whenever I get my opportunity to make something happen, then it will happen. You know, I just sit back, you know, just, just stay patient. But, no, nah, it is. It, it, sometimes it do be tough. But sometimes I tell myself, look, man, it's a, 
you know, it's a slow grind, you know, it's a steady race, you know. And, you know, part of it is, like, guys that have taken your path to still be here. I mean, that's that's rare. What you've already accomplished is, is rare. Do you ever think about that? No, nah, say it again. I, I mean, I guess what you've already accomplished, a lot of guys that take your path to the league, they don't stick around for as long as you stuck around and had these opportunities. Do you feel like you've, I don't want to say you feel like you've accomplished it all, but do you feel like you've already accomplished something? No, I did. I, I didn't know. Just stepping in the league, I accomplished something big. You know, yeah. Just being the first person in my family, you know, my immediate family, to make it to the NFL, you know, that's always my, my dream come true. You know, that's a you know, that's a big accomplishment, you know, coming from where I come from. So, uh, no, nah, I mean, I feel like uh, it, not a lot of people do stick in the lead. Like, it, it's, it's hard, you know. I just I just keep my head down. And I just come in and work every day just and, and just keep working. That's all I do is just take care of my body, just do all the little things right just to be able to stick around. <laughs> You, you use the, the phrase slow grind. That's like your nickname. Where did that come from? I've, I've actually never heard where that came from. Nah, slow grind, it came from, like, me in high school, like, me and my brother and all of us, like, we just just started saying, like, slow grind. I mean, it just slow grind stands for staying focused on the ultimate goal. Sometimes the process doesn't come fast. It takes time. And we just came up with slow grind, and, and it just stuck. Like, from high school all the way to now, like, it just stuck. And, um... Just my whole high school year, you know, I was I was always the underdog. You know, I always had to work for everything. And like I said, it was a slow process. Then I go to college, you know, I had to work for everything. I wasn't starting back at all until my last year. And I still sharing the backfield, you know, with one of my teammates. So it, that was a slow process as well. And, and me trying to get to the NFL, I had a stink with the, uh, the Saints, but that didn't work out. And I had to... <laughs> go fish and work as a personal trainer and that was a slow grind too but I always stayed focused on my ultimate goal and that was to make it to the NFL and I made it to the NFL you know got a chance with the Browns and you know I didn't play like I, I didn't play a lot my first years but you know I stayed focused on the goal that I'd be able to you know play one day and uh, that's when the opportunities came and you know, I just took advantage of each opportunity. It, it almost, I mean, it's almost like a lifestyle. It's not a nickname. It almost nah, sounds it's like not, it's a it's, lifestyle. It's, it's not a nickname. <laughs> it's really a lifestyle. It really is. Like, slow grounds work for anything. Like, anybody. Like, anybody. Whatever they're going through, they just, and they got a goal that they're chasing, they just got to stay focused on it. Because it's not going to come fast. It, it, it takes time. Everything doesn't come fast, you know, in life. It takes time. Where, where does that mentality come from for you? Just growing up, you know, just growing up and just, just, I don't know, just growing up really just come from, come from like not a lot of people, you know, make it out. And I just try to take advantage of just the little things and, and be thankful for little things and stuff. When, when you're on that fishing boat, could, could you have closed your eyes and envisioned you'd be standing here, what, are three years later, four years later? <laughs> I mean, like you're, you're still on the Browns. Could you have imagined that? That is crazy. I, I, I couldn't imagine. I know, I know, I know. When I was on that boat, I was you know, dreaming about, you know, being in the NFL. Like I said, I had a tattoo on me since I was in high school. You know, that was always my dream. So I wasn't going to let anything or nothing stop me from, you know, achieving that dream. A lot of people, it's hard to say, but, I, you know, I made it happen. What's the craziest thing that happened on that boat that you can tell me about? Craziest thing. <laughs> like, what's the craziest memory? Man, we was fishing. We had a lot of mahi, mahi dolphins right there on the hook. Then we seen like a big shark. I don't know what kind of strike it was, but it was pretty big, and that's probably the craziest thing that happened. But then we was out there on the water, 
and we just just jumped in the water, just swimming. Not with it, not with the shark. Right, right. But we just jumped out there in the water and just swimming. I and like far out. I don't know what made me just jump out there with all the other guys, but he jumped out there and I jumped out and jumped right back in. I didn't, I didn't take any chances, but that's probably like the craziest thing I did. Did you ever get caught in any? I don't even know. Would you get caught in like a storm or anything like that? I did get caught in a storm. Yeah, I did, and it was it was pouring down and the skies was like black and stuff and it was like a, one of them horror movies where the waves <laughs> the boat just going up and down I'm holding on tight so that was that was a crazy moment too does that change your perspective kind of being in a moment like that does that change your perspective too like I gotta go get this while I can what's that like like, like I gotta go get this dream I gotta go chase this dream oh, while yeah, I can because you know, you know I like the fishing but that wasn't my dream yeah. you know football was always my dream and uh, just being out there Every day, and I'm like, yeah, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I got to go back to what I know how to do, and that's playing football. You know, I'm still young. You know, I can't give up on my dream this fast. So I just went back and started chasing it, and just kept my head down. And now I'm here. What's what's your approach out there during training? I mean, did, are you ever like? Do you ever feel like you're not fighting to to stay? I guess is that. Is yeah, what, I mean, do you ever do you ever feel comfortable? No, you can never get comfortable in this league because every year there's somebody trying to take your position and, and replace you. So, you know, I just go out there and, you know, just focus on what I, uh, what I do and just going out there and just being the best player that I can be each and every day. That's what I go out there. I go out there and just, if I make a mistake, I watch film and make sure I correct it the next day and just coming out here and having fun, you know, because you never know when it's your last time out here on the football field. So I just, you know, embrace everything and just, Embrace all my teammates and stuff because you know every year there's someone coming to take a spot. So you now I just keep my head down. I just stay uh, stay uh, working, and when my opportunities come, you know, I just take advantage of them. And is there a part of it that's like you're not going to say no to something? Like if, if Mike wants you to cover a kick, hey, you're cover going, a kick. Hey, if you I'm, whatever it is, whatever it is, if they I'm want going, you to play linebacker. You play hey, linebacker. Or whatever it is, <laughs> I'm going out there to do it. I'm doing everything that I can do. You know, just being uh, value, valuable to the team. I, last year, one of the things that stood out to me was like, I almost felt like you made it impossible for them to not keep you on the roster. Yeah. All the numbers, all that, you just all made it impossible for them. Yeah. Is that almost like how you approach it? Like, I, I, I'm going to show up, and it doesn't matter who's here. I'm going to make it impossible yeah. for them to send me out. Of that's here. exactly that's exactly my mindset. Like, it's going to be hard, like, to get me out of here. You know, uh, I just like I said, I just come in every day and work and and just have fun. You know, I just. Like I said, I do all. I try to do all the little things right. I'll ask you one more. What stump? What what has he meant to you? Man, stump meant a lot. Man, stump is like a a father figure. He's like a, you know, he's a real dear OG. Like he um, he was here from the get go. You know, he fought for mm-hmm. me to to be here. You know, um, we have a great relationship. You know, he texts me here and there all the time. Like and all season, he always texting me, just checking on me, seeing how I'm doing. But now nah, I, I appreciate Coach Stump a lot. I love him to death. You know, he's uh, you know, one of the best coaches I've been around and learned from. You know, he teaches me all the little things and stuff and just, just helped me become a pro. That's, that's kind of the thing about this league. For as performance-based as it is, sometimes you got to have a guy in your corner like yeah. that who's going to fight for you. Like, yeah. sometimes it is about who you know. So, yeah. I mean, just what does that mean to you that he fought for Are we talking about, like, when you first got yeah, here when or first, when the coaching changed? Yeah, like, the, when I first got here, when the coaches changed, like, you know, he fought for me, like, to, to be here. And uh, like I said, like, it's always great to have somebody in your corner like that, that, you know, that's always, you know, 
uh, uh, hoping for the best for you and stuff. So, you know, I appreciate Coach Stump a lot, man. Like, like I say, man, he's like, you know, one of the best coaches I've had, you know, and he's like a father figure, really. And my thanks to the Ernest Johnson for taking the time to talk to me during OTAs. That'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Again, make sure you're a football insider subscriber. Clinton.com slash Brown's the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. And please make sure you are subscribed to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Rate, subscribe, and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Uh, for Mary Kay and Scott earlier, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.